Yeah, why don't you start, Jacob? Start with just tell the basic vision and idea behind this project and why we have put so many working hours so far into it. Cool. Uh, the, the project that we're working on is called uh, Viki LCA, which is um, it's a write-up of Viki and lifecycle assessment. Um, simply this idea that we can have user-generated uh, environmental impact assessments of every, any given product in the world. And it's born out of the idea that if we are to actually understand at a product level what, you, what you're drinking, what you're eating, then we need, we need for people to contribute with data, not to have people centrally doing this. We need to have, um, it needs to be, how to say, um, generated by as many people as possible, simply because the, the, the degree of information required is so big. What does that information potentially give me or gives groups, gives companies that now they can look into the environmental impact that is actually causing by their actions? Well, basically, I think what's more interesting is to, to look at where we are now and where we want to go. Because where we are now, we have no idea of the impacts we're causing through uh, consumption. This is, um, it's both, the project is both aimed at production and consumption, meaning that companies will also be able to, that companies just like people are buying products. And companies just like people are oblivious about the products that they are buying. Like if you buy a, a given beer or a given, um, a given fruit, you don't know which processes have occurred uh, when you go back in the supply chain. You'll actually, be completely unaware if there has been things that have been directly in conflict with your ethics has um, has occurred in this supply chain. And um, the idea is that people are genuinely, um, if they know that something is bad, um, most people would uh, refrain from doing it. Like you don't go out and uh, behave uh, in a way that are, are harmful to other beings. Um, and th this, this idea is that if you then suddenly are able to actually comprehend these things backwards, or perhaps if, uh, if companies are not interested in disclosing their data, then like, that's fair enough for some business types. It's, um, it, it can be very, very uh, damaging to their way of doing business to, if they disclose exactly what they're doing. But as a consumer, you can then make the choice at least of saying, now that I don't know what's going on in this supply chain, I'd rather choose a different product where I know what's going on. So, and this is both aimed at uh, like consumers and, and companies that they can actually say, hey, we wanna make a, we wanna make, um, a decision based on knowledge instead of making a decision which is only based on uh, profit margin. Because it, I, d I think that we, we will reach a time where, where we realize that's the, that the most important thing for, for us as, as a species is that we actually do not destroy the system in which we've evolved. Uh, the point is that we're basically destroying the system in which we lived. And, um, and, and the whole 
my idea is that that we are capable of thriving and living and we're ca- I, I don't fear so many people are talking about the population boom like there will be nine billion people I'm not that afraid of us being more people I think I think that if we instead of just consuming and having the system where consuming is actually equal to happiness um, if we instead had an like we're capable of developing this new ethical approach where we or ethical mindset where we um, where where the greater what what we wanted to do was to actually be able to sustain our existence like this society that we have now is 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 only typical of our time didn't exist in natural natural societies with indians or people living in in actual balance with nature that this has existed of course you could say that people has genuinely always used the easiest way out like you'd kill the big mammoths because you get a lot of food from doing that so we killed all the mammoths and <laughs> we did that with a lot of species but but we were also during these, these steps in our evolution, quite unaware of the actual impacts of what we did. Now we know. Now it's it's not just speculation. It's a it's a fact that we are destroying things, and we understand why we're destroying things. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit about like which tools or like which different fields of science, knowledge, communities that you think would need to collaborate in order to make all these incredible amount of data and information accessible, but also like consumable in some way. And how, which tools is Biggie LCA focusing on like right now? To include. Well, well, basically, the the idea is that it should be uh, it's it's very much open source thinking. There's this 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 idea, or or maybe more like acknowledgement of us being incapable of doing everything, and we don't even know the solution to many things. We just we 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 it's a, it's a work in progress. So, but as as I think it's probably relevant to actually at this point describe what Vicky LCA is doing and not more like um, more more less philosophical maybe but um, I think well basically the whole idea as I started out saying Vicky LCA user-generated life cycle assessments like a life cycle assessment which is one of the core sciences in this um, in this project is about um, mapping, mapping the resource use and the emissions that have occurred during the full life cycle of a product, meaning from when you've extracted resources from uh, from the earth until you've um, and 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 they undergo undergo transformation and become materials. You get iron ore out, and suddenly you have steel, and the steel becomes a car, and and all along this supply chain there are emissions and there are uh, resource extractions meaning that we are taking out uh, depletable resources um, and this 
this is obvious. It's it's obvious once you think about it that we don't ha don't have infinite resources. But in a sense, we also have infinite resources. This is actually the real parody of it and where life cycle assessment is interesting because we, we, have, we have this idea that we can keep consuming, but now we find out that we cannot keep consuming. It's like the obvious thing that everyone is talking about is climate change, which is one of the few things that can be measured on a global scale and um, which can be monitored on a global scale from uh, satellites and the like, yeah, Earth observation tools. Now, now this is, this is not, the, what's stuck, what should stop us is not that there is not enough oil or fossil fuels, but what should stop us is that, that the entropy of, of, of using all these uh, resources is 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 uh, ever increasing like it's get it gets more expensive to take out the resources meaning that the efficiency uh, in which we use them are actually dropping tar oil in Canada is a great example shale gas in Europe uh, and in the US we have a massive costs associated with providing us with energy and uh, these things are actually pushing the system in which we live beyond um, beyond the um, the uh, the Holocene period, which is it's yeah it's it's very it's very much the way of um, of of thinking of people having actually evolved within this Holocene period that we're living in with stable temperatures and and a climate that's nice. And now we are actually one second. I'll just wrap it up. And um, I and and now we're pushing the system out of this, and I don't think people are interested in that. I think, um, yeah. So so basically, basically what what we wanted to do was that we wanted to take um, we wanted to to make it possible for any given company or person to say how much of a product are they buying and what are they producing most people and most companies have full records of these things they know what they buy and in what quantity and from who and this is not this this is information which is already existing it's existing in integrated database systems which the companies use in order to relay information internally now this information can easily be linked between companies, instead of just having an intranet of information in a company, you will have an internet of information between companies. You'll be able to say, I bought this product from this person. Now, this is just one part of my full, how to say, my bookkeeping of my impacts on the world. So that's the first step in the system, is that we will use uh, a networking theory or a network approach for uh, for generating data. Um, now the second step um, becomes that we need this information to be linked to environmental information. So uh, at the very first stage we'll use generic uh, life cycle assessments saying that for instance uh, a truck driving uh, one kilometer with one ton of uh, hauling one ton of goods one kilometer emits this much information. Now, 
the companies already know how many kilometers their cars are driving. So suddenly we can say we can give a full impact assessment, but it's going to be generic. It's not going to be accurate, meaning that in a sense, it's not really truly an environmental assessment. It's more like an environmental bookkeeping that we will reach at this point. So that's the second step where we start taking all these processes that the companies are identifying and attributing uh, this information uh, on a generic level. Um, this will this will require, like as we talked about earlier, like require uh, a, a massive um, mobilization of uh, life cycle experts or a complete change in regulations, meaning that this information which has been gathered, which has been gathered by uh, by by uh, companies and organizations and are now sold under a license is being set free. That's another way to start doing it, but I don't really like forcing anyone. I think it's much more interesting to build a system in which the actors in the system are actually doing this because they find it, that they find that they cannot not do it, that it's required simply because if I don't do this, it's not gonna. It's not gonna help change the world, and um, so that's the second step of having these um, life cycle assessments. Now, the third step, where it becomes really interesting, is that we need to actually be able to relay these environmental impacts directly, or not not environmental impacts with these life cycle inventories. I'll just quickly explain this. In a life cycle assessment, you'll have, uh, you'll do this inventory. That's, that's the name that you use for all this resource and emission use. And, um, and we need to be able to relay that to a specific location. Like, because it does, it does matter where you use resources. For many impacts that we have on the world, there is a massive difference of where we, we do it. There's not the same amount of water everywhere. There's not the same amount of sunlight everywhere. There's, there's a massive difference in our environment. Even things such as um, the composition of the soil in, in a small country like Denmark will change the impacts that it will have to use different kinds of chemicals on the ground. Different kind of managing tillering of the soil will, be, uh, will have different impacts. If you do it, as people know, in rainforests, you deplete the topsoil super fast. We don't have that problem in Northern Europe. Um, much, much of our resources are stored in the ground simply because the way our climate works up here, down there, is different. So, so different management processes and different ways of doing things will have different impacts. And in order for us to be able to do these impacts, we need to actually map the entire world which is also uh, requiring the, the, like the, the contributions of people all over the world. So, okay, you explained a little bit about how the world is being linked together. Uh, now, can you tell us a little bit about, about like how you think it's possible to map the entire world? Yeah. yeah. Because that's what you were talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think... Um, Basically, basically the whole the whole idea that we need to understand the exact environment of which we're emitting or extracting resources um, requires that we actually go out and 
and map and model the world it's not going to be it's not going to be a depiction uh, like a true depiction of the world it's always going to be modeled like models are not never never showing reality and um and we won't be able to do that either we'll, but we'll be able to get close mm-hmm. um and for an example i think i'll um i'll explain the like the the current approach to doing these it's called spatially and temporally differentiated life cycle impact assessments um the the whole idea of doing these assessments means that exact we need to have them they need to be differentiated in space and in time to and uh, for the case of water for instance it there is a difference between using water in um uh, during the rainy season or using it in the drought season or dry season um that will that will change dramatically how you impact your environment uh, because you will have an abundance of uh, rain, for instance, in the tropics. Um, we, we're running this uh, this this research project, uh, which will be my master thesis on uh, on um, on this Kays Island in India, where where the idea is that we want to be able to say um, that there is a difference. The hypothesis is that we are able to say that there is a difference between using water in different watersheds. This has been known by hydrologists for a long time. It has been ignored by LCA specialists for a long time. Um, now these fields are starting to work together. Or at least they are integrating and accepting that there is no... Um, I would say it, it sounds wrong to say that they're just accepting it because there has always been people within life cycle assessment who has been interested in doing spatially and differentiated life cycle assessment. But it is just less than 15 years ago that the first real uh, journal papers were published on this. So so what we want to do is, for instance, in this current case, we need to use many, many fields of sciences in this specific to, to model the world and for water. Um, so far, we're going to use uh, remote sensing um, and the, the and data derived from satellites and sensor platforms. Um, and we need to to combine this knowledge with uh, environmental ethics and uh, ethics in general. Um, very much, um, I'm very much inspired by um, Johann Orkström from um, who did the planetary boundaries, mm-hmm. um, which is an idea that we can um, we can actually define what they call a safe operating space for humanity. This, this idea that humanity evolved under Holocene period of stability and we're pushing it out on different indicators like climate change, eutrophication of the ocean, different, different aspects of the world now being pushed out of this system as we've evolved in. And, um, and in order for us to be certain that we, are, that we are not changing the system in a way that we cannot predict we don't know what will happen. That's more or less to say the uncertainty and the risk of doing something beyond this point is unacceptable. What planetary boundaries is, as you can hear in the word, it's, it's planetary. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I want to work with, um, in, in a way where we take all the small subsystems and we, we, we look at the individual small systems just as well as we for products look at individual products and all the individual parts, like only by fragmenting everything 
and using computer power to actually model these things. We, we can do it. So, so for water, um, the difference lies in the watershed level, mm. or depending on terminology, you can also call it catchment, catchment level. But I think watershed is the best because it's the smallest degree that you can separate up. Meaning basically, if you, for the case island, you will have three different uh, areas where the water can be defined to be in different watersheds. Depending on where the rain will fall, the fresh water will flow in different uh, directions. And, um, and we know on that island that there are places that uh, run out of fresh water, wells that will be salinified uh, by the end of the dry season. This is also, this is development uh, is quite recent. It's been pushed by, um, by an ever greater need for, to produce more, to consume more, to buy new products. We, um, and uh, the rise of a massive tourism industry in the, in the Andaman Islands. And, um, and I'm not saying that it's not good that people are developing, but it, if it comes at the cost of, say for an island, if you're depleting your fresh, freshwater resources, you're actually destroying the whole basis of your life. Like you'd either need to construct huge desalination systems mm -hmm. to take seawater, or you would need to actually freight in water. But if you think about the amount of water that we use, like freighting water in from other islands as they now have to do it in Thailand is uh, from a resource perspective it would be better to leave the island altogether than to actually actually force the system even more to try and make it work in a dysfunctional way now no and people will not accept that like and perhaps they shouldn't but we need to find a way in which we on a planetary scale, are living within this these boundaries so that we do not destroy our system. So let me get, so Biggy LCA is going to, what, contain all these information? Or what, is that going to be like one big platform that will tell all the stories that are not being told right now? Or... How are we supposed to understand it? Yeah, the thing is, like, as 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 it's quite evident that the information here can create nothing but an overload. Like, in a sense, you would have too much information. Um, I'll um, I'll come back to how we communicate, uh, communicate and relay the information and how the systems are linked. But I think, because I think, to understand how, for instance, the the water case really what what's required is that I talked about ethics. Now we need to define what are the what are the requirements on a social level, on an environmental level, at these different smallest scales. How do you affect the system socially if you build a new hotel here? What will happen? Will it change the island altogether? Right? Most likely it will. Things will change. Is it necessarily bad? It's pretty much up to the population there to define what, what they are. And this is a challenging, uh, challenging uh, part of VKLCA, which I am by no means uh, qualified to solve. It's anthropological and social and so forth. But for the environment, for water, for instance, we will build an integrated hydrological water, uh, hydrological model together with um, DHI um, and... Um, 
and together with DTU and Copenhagen University, we'll, um, we'll build this model up and we will, um, and, and using the remote sense data as input for the model. And um, simply because that data is available for all of the world. So we need to build the model in um, in a way where we can say how how sorry how much how much how much detail can we achieve with how much data input. So basically, we need to say can we actually come up with a quite accurate uh, estimation of what will the impacts be of extracting one cubic meter of water at this exact location on the island compared to this exact location on the island. Will there be a difference? What will the difference be? How will it impact things? And um, so, yeah, it requires it requires many fields. Life, life cycle assessment is one of them. It requires many fields, but also tell, like the, you have talked a bit about the water example and also about the thesis that you're going to make. How is that applicable like to, for example, the case of a, a beer producer here in, in Berlin who wants to know whether, whether his impacts on the environment is good or bad? Like how is things, how are things going to be like communicated yeah. in order to If because because I'm I'm also I am uh, I love the idea but I'm also like, I'm kind of like seeking also some inner visuals of how things is is it, it kind of like to have like a Google Earth where you are available to zoom in on like each uh, supply chain and then zoom in again more to see like the exact area of the farm and then get all the infos and like what's the visuals. The thing is, the thing is that we are actually uh, we're capable with um, with remote sensing and with uh, great organizations like NASA who are actually providing a lot of this satellite data for free to actually visualize the world. Like Google Earth are doing it now, um, and uh, if they gave us their engine for free, I would I would love to use it. Like I very much love to use Google Earth as the model if they were able to. Um, to say, okay, now we go over and we don't call it Google Earth, but we call it Open Earth. And uh, this Open Earth will need so many layers. Like now you can add traffic layer, but imagine that you could add, add species. How many species are there? Now, this is also a point where it becomes interesting to have crowdsourcing this data. Like, but, but stay with the image of having a world that you can select what you want to view. If you're interested in water management, then you can go through into the world and see where are the waters, where are the aquifers. This will be geophysics at very high level and require most likely um, like um, like the cooperation uh, the, the cooperation from uh, from some awesome research projects. Um, this project at Aarhus University, for instance, SkyTem, they are doing geo physical mapping using a helicopter which drives the square kilometer price down for understanding the the world so much just like remote sensing now all this information if you can see it if you can see it and then as you said combining it with the beer now why not exactly be able to fly on google earth or not just fly if it, if if the product was was transported by uh, by a truck then you ride in a visualized truck 
in a visualized world. You can see these things. Like, why not? Because I think the only way that we can communicate all this information is actually to have it uh, visualized for us. Mm -hmm. Intuitively understand things. Seeing the amount of yeah, species is one thing, but how do we even count all the species in a place? Well, people do have smartphones many places now. And people have SMS systems at least. And if you have more than one um, uh, mast uh, that can reach your smartphone, then you don't, don't even need a GPS. You can just send an SMS. And you can know the exact location of that person. And um, uh, this requires, again, this requires uh, a cooperation with uh, the tailor marketing and the network providers in, at a global scale, if we are to achieve these kind of things. But imagine that you had an application in Western countries where, um, very similar to the one the Danish uh, Protection of the Environment um, organization, that's control training, made, where you can go out and take a picture of something and upload it. Mm -hmm. you, see a, you see a small caterpillar on the ground, and you take a picture of it and upload it. Where, where was it seen? It was seen here. Now, then experts can go through the pictures and they can index them, right? Mm -hmm. But everyone can be an expert at just looking at things. It will also, it will also foster a more, um, more engaged way of looking at your environment. If you say, wow, I'm, I'm, like, I'm an explorer. I'm an explorer in my own environment. How many species are there actually in my environment? That's an understanding of this, the the place that you live that that will be super enhanced and information again being open this is open information you created the information it's not us tell me a little bit about how or tell yeah i have uh, i have heard, heard, heard before but it's funny to see here in the world listening to you um how do you Visualize it all. What is your vision? How imagine that? Okay, all the stuff that you know needs to be done, or you think you know need needs to be done. Imagine that have been done. What are we looking at right now? Then I'm entering a web page, calling Vicky, LCA. I am a consumer. I am a citizen. I am a, I'm a father. Uh, at that point. Probably, hey, and then like, hey, unfortunately, yeah. And then, and then, hey, what am I looking at? What is what is the use? What is the huge benefit? I have. I think I think um, I think just that like a massive benefit is to be able to, but we drive under the we our main hypothesis is that if people genuinely knew how their actions affected the world and they were provided with alternatives right because one thing is one thing is to be told that what you're doing is wrong but if but if you have no alternative you're actually just being you just get annoyed you just actually if you keep keep being told that you're doing something wrong but you're not provided with an alternative way of acting then then you feel more judged than you actually feel helped. Now, if you, in a situation, because we most likely will be in a situation by the time this is fully functional, where we have uh, chips, like uh, nano chips or NFC chips for starters, um, 
in, in the packaging, for instance, of products, then you can immediately you can immediately know what are the impacts on the world of this given product in a buying situation on your Google Watch or whatever you want to use in your Google Glasses. How the technology looks at that point, we don't know, but we know that this is possible. That that you can uh, you can even just as you go along visualize the whole supply chain and say, wow, that was cool. As you like have a have a wicked ride of the world and understanding of the world and actually simple things simple things like all consumers are interested in their health now if you know the actual constituents of a product and you say for instance uh, there is a high risk of uh, developing diabetes in your family you know that because you also have awareness from this through gene technology and whatever technology. I think it's very important that when we're operating in this frame of mind that we are not thinking of technology as our friend and surveillance as our friend, but as something that we can actually use if it's done under an open protocol. If you have the ability to avoid things like carcinogens in your food because it's displayed, you say, or allergies, simple allergy like uh, nuts can kill people, <laughs> and, and now you know that they, like it will immediately tell you that you shouldn't buy this product. That's very much on an individual level, but even more so, you can also have your household, like say, how many people do you buy your food for, and these kind of things, and you can even know what what how is your household affecting the um, the world, like how the actual interface is going to be built will have to be done by someone a lot smarter in interface design than myself. But I, but the whole idea of it having to be intuitively understood um, need, needs to be incorporated. And, and, and this is the consumer side. side. Think about the, the legislation side, the political side. What a much better uh, foundation to make decisions on. If you actually knew, like it was just now published a few days ago that Denmark is the, I think was it the second most polluting country in the world per, per inhabitants. Um, that was based on our pig production. But, but there is an error in the calculation. There isn't, not one, but there are multiple errors in, there, in the calculations and it's being blown out in the media. Like um, what, and what was right was that we had a huge impact on the environment due to our pig production where we bought soy protein from Brazil. But if we didn't buy it, someone else bought it most likely. Things are linked. And another thing is that we are exporting the pork again. Mm -hmm. It's a whole system that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. It's the whole system of overconsumption and overneed that's fucked up. And the, the idea that we need to be able to produce pork in a fraction of the time, like it's like an industry. Well, perhaps that's the only way if we are to feed the people of the world to have it very, very effective and very, very industrialized. But we also have rising levels of unemployment where people could actually, instead of, they could actually go and tend the fields. But that's not perceived as a good way of doing things. Now, this was a little bit off the track, but in terms of actually being able to, as a, as a company to, to, to visualize your supply chains backwards, to be able to, to understand the consequences of what you're doing and for politicians to do the same will actually 
it will actually provide us with the foundation that we need to live within the exact safe operating space for humanity. Foundation for change. A foundation, yeah. 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 It's, it's, I think that, I, I, and I genuinely think that this is a, this is a movement that in which we, we're not alone. That's also, it's been really, a, really a, a super interesting year. Like uh, we're sitting here in Berlin and it's, uh, I'm very, very grateful for this. Um, we're sitting here having a great interview because we met someone out in Berlin the other night and we got to talk about it and they are making Filming for Change. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it, it, I think that's actually quite, quite, this is just one example of how we're constantly bumping into people that are working, we're working in coordination, or not in coordination, but we're working in the same direction, but we are not coordinated. We're not coordinated, but we will be. Things like, yeah, yeah. And, and things like this is what provides the basis for coordination. And open like, platform. Yeah, and, and, and a, a, place where, a place where people can get to share their ideas openly and where people can listen to what we have to say. So that it's not just us, but, but we can afterwards, we can look at these other videos and we can get inspired because this is all about people doing things that are inherently different from the system that created the problems. Like we constantly talk about green growth, for instance, right? That's the political uh, term that they like to use. We need to, in Denmark, it's perverted. They call it, and it sickens me, it sickens me. And then when they then combine it with green, nah, we're already beyond the means of the planet, right? That's been established. So obviously we cannot grow. Like how the, but, but how should we even, how, how can we keep saying this? Now, <laughs> the cool thing is that there are so many people doing what we are doing. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is that it's, it's also now in the, is also now in the pipelines within legislation in Denmark. In Denmark, they, they just, just um, made it uh, required by law that you should have a, a green bookkeeping. Um, and um, whether the method that they use for it is something I apply to, I haven't, I haven't read enough about the method. It's environmental profit and loss. Yeah. EPL, right? Yeah, e yeah, yeah, yeah. EPL. Whether that, that is the way to do it, it, it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter because what matters is that this is, this is change. Things have changed. Things are changing in all levels, at grassroots level, at company level. Th these things were implemented by huge corporations. Life cycle assessment was invented by Coca-Cola in order to save water, right? Or to minimize their impacts, to increase profit. And that's what it's about. Like if we, if we, like, if if we st just try and think that people would not want to make their lives more effective, we're being ignorant. Like we all effectivize our lives constantly, right? You find out that it's faster to do these 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 things, and then you don't do the slower way anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, and this means that. 
we'll constantly have a, a, an, a drive for innovation. But the innovation has to be decoupled from growth because growth is not an objective. Maybe happiness is the right measure or indicator for what, what like the amount of love that you have in your life. So like, that's, that's perhaps a much better indicator of your well-being, sure. right? Uh, not the amount of money that you have, not the amount of things that you have. I don't think, I don't think that, that that mentality is not given. It's, it, it, it's, it's a concept, it's an idea that has been generated for us. It was not the way we've always seen things. So I think, I think for, for this, the, I, I can't see how this cannot, providing an open platform, which will be very, very difficult to create, requiring requiring a full visualization of the world and all the supply chains and all the actions in the supply chain and all the processes within each little level that just that when you stop stop thinking about it it's seems like if you tell it to people people generally tell us that ah yeah, bullshit yeah bullshit uh, jacob please fill us in on the whole journey that Vicky LCA have been on so far? Um, yeah, ba basically it, uh, it started out, started out in Beijing in 2010 with, uh, with me um, having a previous project that didn't work out and having to think about what's, what's next. And uh, through talks with my roommate, Mike, I, uh, uh, yeah, he basically kind of winded me in the direction that I want, should work with sustainability. That's what I've always talked most passionately about. And I came to this, um, and, I, and then, then I had this frustrating feeling of, uh, of not knowing what the results of my, uh, my behavior was. Whenever I bought a product or did something, I didn't know really what, what it caused. And um, so I tried to find out. And I quickly found out that that was not possible to get this information. So that started, started a period where I started thinking, how can you potentially create this awareness, this, this, this knowledge? How can we gain insight into um, the impacts of uh, of the way of uh, our lives, and um, and I started playing with uh, in Excel sheets actually trying to 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 yeah yeah but I had no better tools for uh, for it so I was uh, making up spreadsheets and looking at products and thinking about what are the ingredients in the tomato and I you know I was overwhelmed at that point I only had a high school uh, degree in in, uh, in natural sciences so I was uh, I was really like I was not on home field and um, but but what it spurred was that I I had this I had this desire to create a system which would allow this and um, and started back in university again at Copenhagen University where I um, I first did all these 
the fundamentals of natural sciences. You have chemistry, biology, all the different cell biology, all these different aspects of actually trying to understand the world. And I, it was like, it was a kick for me. It was so amazing to finally try and understand how what happens inside of us when we eat something and what, what are the effects on other things. And like understanding all these cause and effect relationships suddenly. So where did pasta come from? <laughs> so, so still, still where, where my pasta comes from was not, uh, that was not easily uh, deciphered. No, but, but all the ways of actually like tool, like my toolbox was getting bigger and uh, Vicky LCA was forming more and more like I got more and more passionate about having to create the system, but I had, I still hadn't gotten acquainted with life cycle assessment. That uh, happened in the spring of 2012, where I took a course uh, with the Santa Bolton at Copenhagen University, where we basically, uh, where I, I learned that what I had been wanting to do for so long was like a big piece of that puzzle was already uh, existing that you could do this accounting of environmental effects along the supply chains. And, um, and during that course, uh, Michael Hauschild from uh, DTU guest lectured and I was blown away. I was so blown away. Excellent. He was um, probably uh, one of the most um, intelligent people I've ever encountered. And, um, and I basically, I sent him an email and said I would like to work at his department doing anything, shuffling papers, whatever. Give me a job. Get me, uh, I want to get more acquainted with this and I want to be around people who work with this. And uh, after after a month or so, he, um, he replied that there was, uh, they'd been busy and there were no, um, they, they didn't have capacity to hire student help. In that in their division, um, and uh, instead I uh, approached Sander again, um, and basically told him about the idea, and said that I wanted to write uh, a volunteer project on it instead. And so basically that was what Sander said: "Like we, like you need Michael on board." Otherwise, um, otherwise it's not going to fly. Like I don't have the competencies to advise you in this paper. And um, and um, I contacted Michael, and Michael was he was interested. He wanted to do this um, this exploring because basically I so I did I wrote up a proposal which he looked. The, we set up a meeting at DTU where I showed uh, where we showed up, and we were both very thrilled of having to. It's like to, to start on this work and Michael, he had looked at the proposal and he said, what I see here is uh, six PhD projects. So we, we kind of need to focus, right? And um, so the decision was made that we basically just needed to look into uh, if it was feasible to create user-generated lifecycle assessments mm -hmm. in a web 2.0 um, system. What did you find out? I, uh, I basically, we, we, we were not able to, um, to reject the hypothesis. We investigated the ISO uh, and the ILCD. Um, that was, to, we, it all took departure in those two documents. 
which are created by the Joint Research Center in the EU under sustainability. Um, the ILCD handbook provides 20 different scenarios, right, um, regarding the methodology, like how to use life cycle assessment in a given uh, situation, right? I can't even recall, actually. Okay. Uh, it's been a while since I looked at it. But basically what, what it does is it, the ISO standard is a very... Uh, overall like um, um yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing about it is that the iso standard is isn't it's very uh vaguely formulated or it, how to say it it's not a clear interpretation and the ilcd is called a handbook simply because it describes how it should be used if you want to work with uh, life cycle assessments in the eu and uh, so based on this document, we basically came up with, um, uh, we composed a report which basically describes uh, both the vision and ideology of uh, the project, but also uh, comes up with a way in which we, under current, um, current guidelines for how to do LCA and current standards, are creating our system, which is, was, de was at that time after that project, um, was named VikiLCA. Um, and yeah, basi basically what, what, we, what we ended up with was this possibility of doing it by, um, by using the existing framework. For instance, how to compare products. You're not allowed to compare two products if they're not being evaluated according to the same criteria, for instance which uh, allowed the creation of, uh, but they're already talking about product category rules, which then we further developed into a product category hierarchy where things could be compared according to um, also uh, product categories, um, which was a new way of doing things. Um, so so basically we came up with the, some 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 scientific approaches to uh, making it feasible to do this within a life cycle assessment framework um, and actually defining a new way of like, making environmental product declarations um, building on the existing framework. So uh, based on that report, uh, I held a presentation at DTU where, yeah, where you and um, my other good friend and a lot of people were present. Um, was a super interesting uh, presentation because the, basically what what the format was that I was going to present it and then they were going to uh, challenge it. So and it's one of the like leading departments within uh, quantitative sustainability assessments. And uh, and so it was a super challenging uh, debate and very very interesting. Very interesting. Got some very very uh, good views on how things probably couldn't get to work. Yeah, and, and, remember, uh, and most important, remember that the project held water. Yeah, that was kind of like the conclusion. Yeah, yeah. They like even with all them present, they it could not be rejected. And um, and I remember quite clearly, uh, I, like they asked, what was the next step? in this project and I, um, I was very vague about it. I was saying, yeah, I think uh, maybe uh, we, we need to have more people to work together. And I was like modest and then they were like, 
after more questions they're like so what is the next step step jacob and then i kind of just said you know yeah the next step is that you um you hire me you hire me here full time from uh from uh, somewhere in may and then we develop this system together and they did and fortunately for that because if, if qsa at dtu had not done that this project would not have been where it is now it might still have been but just in a much more like early stage than where we are now. Um, so over the year from May 2013 and until December, more or less November, I was working on developing the project. And in November, I, uh, I realized that we were not gonna get funding, at least not enough funding to keep me working full time. Um, and I also had other things with my school that I needed to tend to, to, to finalize my degree. And, uh, and basically what, what happened was that we uh, got word of an entrepreneurial competition where, um, where I then invited Frederick to join me. Um, we'd already hired uh, an IT designer uh, to help us create the first wiki page. Um, which was that was the stage of the idea back then is create the wiki protocol and get it running get get people to contribute um, and um, so Frederick and Asbjorn and uh, and me we we uh, we settled into an old police station in uh, in Hershorn and uh, worked there worked our asses off like like I, I can't recall having worked that much mm -hmm. um, to try and win 100,000 uh, Danish crowns. Um, and uh, we didn't, we didn't win. We won the audience award, which was uh, a huge pat on the shoulder, which gave us a few bottles of champagne, which kicked off a funny night. So, but, but what we won, what we really won was that Frederick got on board on the team. And Frederick, um, convinced DTU and I, we together convinced DTU that they should keep financing us. So they kept on financing us for another seven months, uh, where I stepped down as the, uh, on, as the actual manager on, on, on ground and handed my salary to Frederick, simply because I, I knew that if, like I had the passion to go on but I needed to persuade Frederick to to be part of uh, part of this, and I figured that the best way to do it was to assure assure that he would have time dedicated to work with this, and didn't have to work on other things to make money. That he could make his money here, and then he would definitely also put in effort. And uh, that that has been s such a shift in everything because it changed from being me. I was still, I had partners at DTU, or I would say, but just people I could spare with a little bit. But there are also many other things of driving a project like this, personal issues and things in your life that really gets, like, that you need to, you need to understand them in the full light of working at a project at this level and this speed. Um, and without having a partner who, who you can share these aspects with, it, it quite, it gets quite lonely like you get you, you, the, the thoughts are just your own they're not shared 
and they they're definitely us also suffering from not being shared and communicated um, so basically over from from May again I guess May yeah I was I was a, like a little bit of in a break with Vicky LCA January January through April and in May I got back on the track and uh, so suddenly we were two people working again and it sped up things a lot we got some meetings with the co-op the biggest retail uh, chain in uh, the northern countries Scandinavia and um, and had a meeting with their uh, CSR department which was super interesting to get the actual insights of what is um, what what are the demands from a retail chain because they basically they, they are the link between producers and consumers so that was very very uh, very valuable information for us and um, and um, hopefully also going to be a, a big partner at some point in the project uh, when when we are ready but we've also realized that that things needs to that that we cannot have it all right away so this brings us to the status quo is that we have uh, we've yeah broken the project into these pieces of supply chain identification and um, to to attributing environmental information on a generic level and then moving on to having um, having actual specific environmental impacts associated to products so simply breaking it up in steps that are doable and uh, in order to describe all the requirements of the system Frederick is now working with a team at the the IT University in Denmark where it's yeah, where they're basically setting up the requirements doc for uh, for the system through these phases, which is gonna be um, it's gonna be the letter that we're basically gonna be able to apply for funding with. Um, it to will, give a developer, yeah, to, to give it. A little info: we are we are facilitating different master projects. In, the, in, in different universities here in Copenhagen with the whole like contribution of knowledge that is required for this system to strive and to succeed, then a much more knowledge needs to be made and also a lot of collaborations that is not there right now need to be established between faculties and that is what we're doing and we are blessed right now that we can facilitate some project where students are being paid with points, with ECTS points, and working their asses off in contributing to this, yeah, fantastic, great vision of a system that only has a chance if so many join forces and share knowledge and challenge already existing knowledge within of how to pursue or how to look as things like we are dealing with. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's actually a very interesting. Uh, it's an interesting thing to be. Uh, I felt, I would say almost blessed with having all have have met all these interesting people and are now being able to to within a, a foreseeable future create projects that will allow people to work together from uh, from different disciplines to actually explore what it requires to to do this 
full blown if full blown product comparison. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I guess it's uh, but the mission. The, the mission yeah. is also is also to keep expanding, keep expanding with people, keep expanding the network that contributes with knowledge. Isn't that isn't that where the only yeah 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 I think the the how to say we also interesting what's our status quo how are we working at the moment like this is a, a super example of how we are working at the moment we've been invited by uh, Stefan and Sandra in Berlin who we've met completely randomly through uh, through my friend Sophia um, into this interview and where ideas are formed and uh, ideas are transformed um, new things like the, uh, the 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 focus on children as the ones that are are going to be defining or actually changing the world has has been in the break before has been a super interesting conversation about how we are how what we do is 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 going to be a system we, we're going going to create a system that is out of our out of our hands actually at the moment it's just frederick and i driving the ship which is super nice it makes us dynamic it makes us fast it makes us it makes it possible for us to do things like this because we're just two people um, the idea is that this is going to be an organization owned by all the members um, and as soon as we are ready, we will um, we will invite people to join the organization. We're going to investigate how people can, uh, how people, how how much people can pay to be part of it. Because the thing is that nothing is free, unfortunately. Um, but this information in here should be freely available but you should be a member as well. You can be a member of this organization and you can, by doing, by becoming a member of the organization, you can both influence how things are going to be, um, how products are going to be uh, modeled and compared. This will be democratically set up in a system where physical people, physical human beings will have one vote in one case and thereby actually creating what you could say to be a true democracy in an internet of things that are actually dealing with real things. Um, but of course we need to, we, we, we're we still in a process of having to define the charter and the, 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 the guidelines for how to, how to start it out. And, and, and this, this is a process that is, that's ongoing and it will be, um, and 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 in not too long, we'll be able to actually launch uh, a system where the where people can become members of the organization. Um, I think, yeah. And, this, and explain what is there any like requirements for becoming a member? Well, in a sense, there is no requirement to become a member. You have to be a physical human being. Everyone globally can become a member and we need to set say for instance you you need to pay a monthly amount but it doesn't need to be very much if everyone does it 
This is a platform owned by all the members. That's the idea. Governed by all the members in unity. Now, if if all the members are saying, I'm, for instance, in Denmark, where we have ample amount of money, most uh, households, then a person can pay five, five crowns per month and it really will not affect their economy at all. Um, and in Uganda or in uh, Bangladesh, that five crowns a month will be uh, completely impossible for them to pay. So therefore, we need to adjust it to somehow the purchasing power of the people so that people are contributing equally uh, according to uh, their capacity. And, uh, and there are many ways to contribute which are not. This, this, is, this is a key ingredient is that we can finance the development of it and it will be an ongoing development. There will be hosting expenses to do this. Obviously, if, if we set forth to model all traded products in the world, it will be a quite substantial database. It will require quite substantial uh, degree of coding for it to be made efficiently enough to be handled and um, and there needs the security the IT security needs to be everything needs to be super like top of the line and and it's a clear hope that is these parts will be developed by enthusiasts that are actually just interested in doing it because they they cannot help it that's 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 the that would be the most amazing uh, if that happens. But there, no matter how, we still need to be able to finance our ourselves and uh, and an organization As working. Any other projects in this fantastic world? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that. Um, Kindness leaders, you are, I think you're on a very, very nice path and also a very, very nice uh, trail of thoughts right now. Let's hear the vision. Let's hear about the, the change that the GLCA potentially can contribute to. I, I think that I think that what 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 can come out of a system like Vicky LCA um, is that that people by obtaining the information um, obtaining the information required to make um, required to make an uh, an enlightened decision um that that combined with people having an uh, uh an inherent uh, wish to uphold the systems of which they uh, are depending will will create a way of which people companies um and consumers are becoming the the, the main driver of a more sustainable development that we can that we can actually that that the way that we think can be changed. I think, I think that that this is this will lie the foundation in terms of information. We don't know. We don't know, as as described before. We don't know how the system will pan out, and we cannot we cannot govern it ourselves. We as soon as we launch, 
will remove ourselves from that authority. But what can come out of it is that you, if if we have information available um, to 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 dramatically uh, change the way we're we're perceiving things, we we're currently living in a system, a capitalistic system, um, where where growth is is the governing factor and the currencies are detached from uh, from from anything real um, but but this is actually this is actually making it real this is actually without saying that we are depicting reality 100 percent we we want to do that that's the goal right that's the vision that we want to get as close to depicting and visualizing the world as it is but we will we will at least create a way in which we could say that that you are behaving your 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 behavioral patterns are forcing a system out of its balance um, and and contribute to self-regulation uh, in that sense that we by by knowing by knowing that we can choose differently will uh, will change things you say patterns of behavior that leads me to a question how are you going to or do you have any like takes or thoughts of how to deal with the conformity of people no because it's, it sounds like that it requires because now information Let's pretend that information has become available, but still people need to change pre-programmed uh, patterns they potentially have done for decades. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's not just people, it's also institutions. It's, it's the society as a whole have these constructs of things. Um, and the motivation for doing things are not the same for you. They're not the same for me. Um, we we have different reasons for why we do different things. But I think that that what an open platform like VKLCA <coughs> can do is that it can create this foundation of information. Basically, the the basically I think the 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 patterns in which we move are you can say you can draw with a big brush and say that in Denmark there is a culture for doing this and that um, but inherently the decisions that each of us make are um, very subjective um, and that cries for a different way of approaching it one where where we can we can only kind of uh, <laughs> yeah we can create provide some bricks and some pieces mm -hmm. that can then be taken up and used by other people free of charge by using for instance um, create having people freely creating apis integrating it with uh, say for instance recipes um, or um, or other things that will um, that cater to people um, what what makes them 
interested in actually changing their way of doing things. Um, I think I think that the the whole idea that we that we have patterns in which we uh, in which we live and which we act and behave, I think that can uh, that can be changed, but it takes time and it will probably be it will probably be a movement, an organization that slowly starts out and and then starts influencing more and more people and and letting them know that there are different ways of doing things um, and and hopefully through 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 these processes of actually having a sense of enlightenment and a sense of urge it's not like they're still in the in the congress in the us there's still uh, a massive opposition to climate change right so conformity of thought is i would i would say that it, it sounds so negative but it's something that's being generated it's created now if you instead of having um uh, biased information information that is provided in order to to have people move in certain manners in certain ways if you instead had information that was actually free where where this information could allow you to 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 do things according to your own ethics and morals and actually have a, to have a real trust of the content Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's. Um, I think that 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 will change uh, the way the way that people behave. Okay. Gradually. Yeah. So a board of ethics as well combined with the DLCA. No, it's not. It's not us defining what people should think. That's really not. That's not my uh, idea. My idea is more that that we can set information free and then people can make choices on an enlightened foundation and other people can use this information according to of course uh, given uh, open source uh, um, how to say data sharing rights and so forth like um, then 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 it can at least it can provide much 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 stronger decision support for both companies and governments and even at UN level right if we actually know that the rate at which we're depleting our resources at which we're polluting like if we know these things we 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 will have a much better much better platform for making informed decisions and it is really my belief that people don't want to fuck up the place where they live and do you think we'll get the information do you think we need we get the level of information that makes um, the foundation for well-decided decisions again please the question yeah um do you do you think that we're going to reach that level where you and i and everyone else can sit and say okay now the level of information in order to make right decisions or making these or at least make enlightened decisions do you think that do you think that we're gonna we're gonna reach to that level 
I think we're going to reach it very fast, actually. And that's the funny thing. The whole idea of building a system uh, on networking, which cascades, and building a system allowing to choose according to uh, uh, the information available. Like you can just choose not to use something that you don't have any information about. See, that's a very powerful way of communicating that you're interested in knowing more. If the system is truly owned by the people and the people are making, uh, making decisions based on the information in the system, then if you want to be part of this playground, this community, you need to provide the information that uh, the, the people in the playground are interested in. Otherwise, they're not interested in playing with you. And, of course, I don't think that this is... Uh, it's not going to be uh, three billion members in a year or two years. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be slowly. It's going to build up. But, but at some point, we'll reach a point where we actually can, can understand how the material flows uh, are moving around. And I think, uh, I think we, can, uh, we can say for sure that... Uh, that we'll reach it a lot faster than we thought just a few months ago. We would be able to, this point where you can actually make a decision uh, according to a much, 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 much more informed foundation very soon. But it requires, again, it requires both funding and uh, a lot more skills than we hold ourselves. So it requires, a f that, requires that we have people willing to help with uh, with the whole project, but we have that. We have so many people interested in helping, and there are so many parallel projects. And and so many more is coming, is coming and joining. Exactly, it's it's yeah, it's a very very interesting time to live in. I would say it's a very interesting time, uh, and it's a, it's a really the times are changing very much at the moment. I think. And maybe I should round this little date interview. It's been, it's been fantastic <laughs> to look into your eyes <laughs> for, I don't know, an hour here now and listen and listen to this beautiful vision once again. And also, let's make, it, let's make this also a little handout to to the filming for change and say we are going to look so much forward to look into the projects as also being portrayed and and visualized in here and let's see if we can't yeah contribute and help one another with getting our fantastic ideas uh, strive and get them further so we, uh, we can do something yeah. yeah and perhaps once we have something like we're, we're now operating at an idea level, but once we have something more concrete, like I'm sure we would very much like to come back here. And even if we don't have something more concrete, Berlin is not that far away from Copenhagen. So we definitely, the spirit, the spirit yeah. Of, we have a platform right now, it's an open forum right now. Yeah. Filming for Change. Filming for Change is the place where we can actually, this was where you saw this. And this is where we saw a lot of other things that will uh, inspire us. So, yeah.